All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to episode 12 of Frankly Speaking. I'm Daily Faceoff Hockey Insider Frank Saravalli, and this is our weekly one-on-one interview series with some of the biggest names in the hockey world. Today, we're going to be joined by Buffalo Sabres General Manager Kevin Adams. But first, I need to let you know that Frankly Speaking is presented by ProLine Plus. Not just another sports book, ProLine Plus is the only sports book that gives 100% of its profits back to Ontario. ProLine has been your local trusted sports book for over 30 years, now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play in-store, online, or take the game on the go at the ProLine app with your favorite sports and events right at your fingertips. Download the ProLine app and bet in-app with ProLine Plus today, or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. That's right, we're joined by Buffalo Sabres GM Kevin Adams today, and what a big offseason it is for the Sabres a team that played itself into contention game 80, game 81 of this past regular season. One of the true surprise teams that is built to be, as one NHL general manager told me, the beast of the East in the next couple seasons. The twin towers on their blue line, two number one overall picks in Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. Plus up front, Tage Thompson was gunning to do something that no one at his size at six foot seven, has ever done in the NHL at 50 goals and 100 points this past season. You see Dylan Cousins and the step that he took and Casey Middlestad and all the impressive young players that the Buffalo Sabres have acquired and assembled and compiled onto their roster with Kevin Adams at the helm. 
How do they take that next step forward next season? A little background on Kevin Adams. He is a 48-year-old who uh, actually has roots in the Western New York area. He spent time as an assistant coach with the Sabres uh, for a couple seasons. He had a 540-game NHL career as a player, helped the Carolina Hurricanes capture their first Stanley Cup in franchise history back in 2006. And in 2019, he was hired to be their senior vice president of business administration for the Sabres before being promoted to general manager after Jason Botterill was fired on June 16th, 2020. Adams did not have any prior NHL GM experience. He's taken the bull by the horns. We asked him about that, what he's learned, and so much more. Let's dive into our conversation now. Kevin Adams, you've had no shortage of meetings to wrap up the season, uh, to dissect and digest all that played out over a span of 82 games. Just wondering if, you know, an added week's time or so has given you any perspective on how do you size up this last season for the Buffalo Sabres? Is it, you know, a success or is it the fact that you get to game 80 or 81 and you're still right there in the mix that kind of leaves you longing for more? I'd say, you know, both, to be honest with you. I, I think the emission, the initial reaction when you're battling so hard and you, these games down the stretch that we were uh, playing really well and fighting and, you know, you're all in and your belief is that you're going to find a way to get in the playoffs. So when we came up just short, um, you know, it stings. And that was definitely a, tough for all of us to kind of um, digest and work through. But, you know, as each day goes by, when you can distance yourself a little bit from the emotion of it and you can reflect and start to think about a lot of the the positives and the, the gains and the steps we took, um, that's really important. So what we've done since um, we finished up game 82 is, you know, the player exit meetings. And then I went, you know, right into our um, roster and staff discussions last week with the coaches and scouting department and management. We worked our way through all the way last week and this week will be more individual meetings with hockey operations. And eventually once we get through the end of this week and, you know, that may be even more of a time where you can kind of take all the information in, um, think, okay, where could we, you know, have been better this past season? Where did I like the gains. Um, but big picture, honestly, Frank, I think there were some huge steps we took and a lot to be excited about. Yeah, there's no question about that. And I think one of the biggest thing that stands out to me, and we'll get into some individual players and their seasons and sort of where things are heading next, but just from a 30,000 foot view of watching your team come together, I, I, I hate this word because it's thrown around so often, but culture um, it, it feels like there's been a marked change and improvement in that perspective. And I know that was one of your goals. Um, where have like some little things that you've noticed that have, you know, told you that you're pointing in the right direction. Like for me, one thing just watching from afar again was, you know, hearing guys say, I want to be in Buffalo. I want to play for Don Granado. I want to do this. I want to like, those are conversations that probably weren't being had a number of years ago. And so when you look at what you've, built together with your staff, you know, what stands out to you? Well, you know, I get excited talking about this part of our organization because we were very intentional with, you know, how we were going to build this. And, you know, if I take you back to the player exit meetings, uh, what is that, three seasons ago coming out of the, you know, the COVID year, um, you know, 
there was an excitement from our younger players that I took of like, okay, wait, we, there's something special with some of these players. And this is the Rasmus Dallins and Dylan cousins and Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestat. This was some of those young players at the time. Um, but it was challenging because I knew that there was also, we were going to have to reset this whole thing and really get the players that weren't completely buying in and wanting to be part of this, you know, out and build around the core and identify who the core was going to be. So big challenge, but exciting challenge. But what I did feel coming out of those meetings now, a few years ago was that we had, we had good people that we could really build around. Um, and these are high character, you know, highly competitive people that wanted to make a difference. So you fast forward now, and I, I do feel that we have a, a core group of players now uh, that really, truly care about this organization. They care about the city. Um, they care about that Jersey and what it means to put on. And that's something you can't fake. That has to be authentic. It has to be something that you wake up every day feeling. Um, and we have that now. And I give Donnie Grant and the coaching staff a ton of credit, but I also give, you know, the players that I mentioned, but then, you know, some of the new players, whether it's the players you draft and they come in and buy in or players that you acquire through trades, they, they join, um, it all comes together. So we're, we got a long way to go in terms of how, you know, the steps we want to take, but I do think from a culture standpoint and from a, um, you know, belief in our locker room, that's something special that we're building. Mm -hmm. I heard the players speak so glowingly about Kyle Ocpozo and his impact. Um, you know, uh, leaders are revered around the league, but to hear them say, this is the best captain I've ever played for, uh, to spend time around him and, and his commitment. Uh, can you speak to his impact? And also, like, I, I would assume that whatever happens next is is up to Kyle Ocpozo. Is it fair to say that if he wants to come back, you have a place for him? Yeah, we'd love to have him back. He He knows that from my standpoint. I think it's important that he takes a little bit of time to um, decompress after the season. And, you know, I always like to use the, use the words, like take some emotion out of it because when you're in a, when you're in a playoff race and you're just grinding and battling, you don't even realize how sore your body is. And, you know, you're kind of just mentally working your way through it. So I think he needs a little time to just um, do that, but you know, he knows how we feel about him. And, you know, what I'll say about Kyle is I think he has, he's well, one, he's very selfless and I think he has, uh, really unique ability um, as still being a current NHL player to also um, look at the big picture and understand that sometimes he's going to have to put his arm around a young guy and help him along. Sometimes he's going to have to get after him a little bit and say, hey, we need more. We don't do that around here, whatever that might be. So I think he's taken on a role of, you know, part big brother, part dad. And then, you know, he's been really good at um, carrying the message that Donnie Granado has day in and day out, you know, along to the young players that we have. And I think, so he's been invaluable to us. And honestly, though, I, I do think there's others, you know, Craig Anderson's done a great job in the time he was with us. Zemgus Gergensen's a quiet leader, but very strong respect in that locker room. And then, you know, what I do feel strongly about from when I was playing was if you have young players that are good kids, they come into the league, they're moldable and they can, you know, they can go one way or the other, depending on who the ones that are influencing them. And so if you can get really solid people in your room that are influencing the young guys in a positive way, then you have a chance to really set yourself up for sustainable success when the next group of these young players matures. So going back to one of your previous answers, and you mentioned the idea of sort of picking through, you know, who stays and who goes, who wants to be part of that culture and who doesn't, Kyle Ocpozo has also seen a lot in Buffalo in his tenure here. 
was it kind of clear when you, you first took over, like, you know, is the line clear in that sense of who's staying and who's going? Or did it take some sort of, you know, figuring out on your part to figure that part out? Well, it takes time. I mean, you, one thing I think in this job is you have to be careful not to um, overreact or come to conclusions too quickly on, you know, especially when it comes to big decisions for your franchise. I think you want to evaluate. My style is to really get to know our players, um, have conversations for my own opinions, and then um, also talk to other players. You know, what are you feeling in the locker room? Who's influencing in a positive way? And so I think it's it's all part of the process that I, that I like to go through. Um, but you know what? Honestly, Frank, decisions are made in a vacuum. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest things that I like to do is collaborate and spend time talking to the staff and ask questions and challenge and have them challenge me, you know, if this is what we were going to do, why, and push back on certain things. Because, you know, I say to our staff all the time, it's, it's not about um, being right. It's about getting it right. And, you know, like you have to really differentiate between that because everybody, as you're talking, you want to be right. But really at the end of the day, if you get enough people around the table, pushing each other and all you know, kind of challenging each other, then ultimately I think you get to the right answer. And that's, that's what we work hard to do here. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you about, um, you mentioned sometimes taking a more patient approach in a decision-making process. Uh, I want to ask you a few questions about development. And I'm curious about Casey Middlestat and the season that he had, obviously the, the previous ones before that, you know, this is a highly touted prospect that, you know, a lot of people had eyes on coming out of world junior you know, make a big impact in the NHL. And it probably didn't go the way that he wanted it to. And then, you know, this past year he breaks through. What did you see to get to that point and the sort of patience and nurturing that was needed to go along with that to get him there? Yeah. I mean, first, first thing with Casey is he is ultra competitive and you, you know, when you have that competitiveness my experience with those guys is they will find a way to, to get their talents um, to, to shine. And it may not happen exactly on the timeline that, you know, especially when you're a high pick that maybe the world expects, but if you can have some patience and you can, and you can support them, you know, I do think you're setting them up for success. And what I, what I always think a lot about with our group is, how do you balance kind of um, the short-term success and pushing someone today and tomorrow versus ultimately setting them up to have, you know, long-term success and, and how do you strike that balance? And I think it's different for every player. Casey faced some adversity, had some health issues in terms of, you know, just his body um, ups and downs, but uh, you have to be careful. I think um, judging players, you know, especially early in the career um, too harshly, you know, I think you have to, you have to challenge them and you have to have honest conversations. But um, when you see characteristics that you believe will, will eventually um, kind of shine, then you have to be patient and let them work their way through. And I think that's what Donnie, you know, Granado and his staff do an exceptional job of. And the other thing with Casey is he's, he's a leader. He's loved by his teammates um, he comes to work every day. He plays wing center. It doesn't matter. And he just, he just wants to win. And so those are certainly guys you want to go to battle with. Yeah, no question. Um, I was going to ask if that requires sometimes you're talking about that push and pull. I don't want to say a more gentle approach, but is it a more encouraging approach? How would you explain it? Well, I think it's something that Donnie and I spend a lot of time talking about, to be honest, I think it's, 
it's both, you know, that goes back to kind of what I alluded to a few minutes ago, where my, my role, um, I think it's really important that I get to know our players and spend time with our players and have honest conversations. And sometimes it's about hockey. Sometimes it's just about life and, you know, what's going on outside of hockey. And by doing that and building relationships, they know when, I'm sitting there having, you know, sharing exactly what I think or, you know, what I, the expectations are. And they, they know that, you know, I'm coming from a place to try to help them. Um, and even it's something they don't necessarily want to hear. So there's times where, you know, I challenge our players and maybe Donnie or the coaches are, are a little more the other way to say, Hey, you're doing great. And there could be flipped. There could be times where, you know, Donnie's really, really pushing, or maybe he's pulling back ice time or, you know, challenging a player and I'll pull a player aside and say, Hey, I know today doesn't feel great. Then you're frustrated with your game, but here's what I see big picture. You're, you're on the right track. You got to do this. So I think it's part of um, us all working together to make sure that we're the players are getting a very clear message. Um, so when they leave the rink, they're not, they're not wondering, they're not picking up the phone and calling their mom, dad, agents, brother, sister, whoever it is saying, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. And I, and I lived it as a player and I, we always try to give very clear, concise, um, direction to our players and make sure they know we care about them. Mm-hmm. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I want to ask a, a question from a different perspective when it comes to development and not any sort of gotcha question or anything like that. I'm really just curious. I want to ask about Brandon Montour. Um, really talented player comes in. Obviously you weren't part of the deal. I don't think to bring him in from Anaheim, but you see, you know, he leaves Buffalo and has a 70 plus point season this year on the back end in Florida. And like, I was like, where did this come from? 
Um, but there's there clearly is talent there. But when you think about, you know, why sometimes things don't work out in a certain place, can you put your finger on maybe why that might be um, with Montour and Buffalo? Was it an opportunity thing? You know, what do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think some of with with Brandon when he was here was, was actually just a timing thing. You could see the, his talent and his, uh, I mean, just raw ability of his skating and his competitiveness, and, and he's a good teammate and a good person. But where he was in the arc of his career and where our team was and our ability to move forward with him longer term, it just wasn't going to work, you know. So sometimes it's as simple as that, just timing. Um, so unfortunately for us, you know, it ends up being a player that you, you don't have. Um, and I'm not surprised at the success he's having, but you know, there's a perfect example, Frank, of someone that maybe, you know, early on there was high expectations and then people he's moved around a little bit and now he's a little bit older, more experienced. He's figured a few things out and his game, his game is obviously elite right now. And it's, you know, I'm happy for him, but so for me, I, I gotta be honest, I could see it coming with just the traits that he had, maybe, I mean, you know, he is exceptional and playing exceptionally well, but um, just the way his status was and where we were, it just wasn't going to be a fit moving forward. So the timing is the question everyone wants to ask you, like, especially now as you're building this thing up and everyone wants to know, well, when is the year you're going to break through and, and be a playoff team and be able to make a dent? You don't have a crystal ball, but one of the things that's fascinated me about watching your team this year was the sort of line you drew in the sand last summer of you're watching teams that are around you that are of a similar, you know, sort of trajectory in terms of the timeline and where they might be heading. You see Ottawa dip their toe into the free agent market, Detroit in a big way as well. They make some moves and you kind of said, essentially, if I'm boiling this down correctly, that we're not going to, you know, acquire anyone that's going to get in the way of our young kids and their development. And then you gave them an opportunity to run, whether it was Quinn or Paterka or whoever it might be, and they came through for you. So then the next part of that timing question is, you know, what does the next step, what does the next iteration look like? How do the Buffalo Sabres take the next step? So what I'm wondering is how aggressive might that translate into an off season for you now, now that you've seen part of that come together? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, I appreciate how you, you know, express that and and you're spot on, you know, where we were last year, we felt um, was critical as a group to make, make sure that we were putting these players in an opportunity to experience. You can talk about it, you can tell them, but they had, you know, to experience, you know, what it's like to play in this league, the ups and downs, the challenges. And, um, you know, so, you know, you heard me say a lot last summer, we got to be careful blocking, you know, the development of some of our younger players. And now you work your way through, you know, for us next steps is well, one thing I can tell you for sure is that, we won't just pick up next season and snap your finger and, you know, it just happens. You know, we, we definitely took steps this year, but it's going to be all of us re-earning kind of the, the push that we have to have to have success in this league, re-earning the trust um, within our own room, within the fans and all that starts over again. And what I've talked a lot to our group about in the last 10, 14 days as we've wrapped our season here has been, you know, percentage points. Like how do we all individually raise our standard just a little bit? It's a percentage point here, a percentage point there. 
um, from the staff to the players, even the support staff around the team. And if we do that, um, hopefully we'll be in a really good position that we're not, you know, fighting one point here, one point there to be in that we've really taken that leap. So we'll evaluate all that. I think we're, we're at a spot here where we, we really feel strongly that we have a good core. Um, we're going to look in every way to improve. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see how this off season shakes out, but I do think that, uh, the experiences that our guys went through and the meaningful games down the stretch and playing with the pressure and all that was going on was a really big opportunity for our group to take a big jump. Yeah, and it's it's one thing to think it. It's another thing to see it, as you said. Um, and you get a chance as you're going through. I'm sure there's a big board somewhere in your office, if not behind you there, where you're mapping everything out positionally in your organization. And you get a chance to see Devin Levi you know, play a few games for you at the end of last year. How do you feel about, you know, the goaltending component of where you're at and, you know, where Devin is at in his game, getting a taste of the NHL? Yeah. I mean, you know, the goaltending position is, is I'm sure it's fascinating for everybody to to look at across the league. I mean, I, I think there, I've said this before, there's a lot of variability with within the goaltending position. I think there's very few right now um, that you just say, Hey, here's a guy that you can just, you know, put him in marker is going to be a top five goalie in the league. There's just a lot of moving around and that's just the nature of the position. Um, so for, for me, you know, what I wanted to be really careful of over the last couple of years was making any big decisions or bets um, that could end up, you know, eventually kind of hurting us as we put this team together and, you know, whether it's from a roster and or salary cap and all that. So in the, in saying all that, we've, we kind of, looked really closely um, how we were projecting this out. And, and I'll start with Devin, you know, he's a guy that we traded for in the Sam Reinhardt deal. Um, you know, I've watched really closely the last two years, gotten to know him on a personal level. Um, and I felt very strongly that he's someone that would have the characteristics, the mindset, the athleticism, the love of the position, the passion, and also loves being in the moment of these, what a goalie you need. And, I described Devin as a interesting combination of humble and hardworking and earning everything, but also with just enough swagger and confidence to that you want to see someone have in that position. So we're excited. He came in and um, I think he played uh, exceptionally well. And, you know, for us, it's, Hey, let's, let's just let him keep growing and learning, but he's certainly in a small sample size um, did very well. I think UPL is a guy that we have high hopes for um, this time last year. You know, what we talked about is we were projecting to be an NHL goaltender. It was just needing to get the starts, needing to get the reps to just take the next step. And when Eric Comrie got hurt this year, the door opened for him to come up and, uh, you know, overall it was a really positive year. He he had some really good moments. You know, he won 17 games as a rookie. He was playing a lot of hockey um, he had ups and downs like a lot most young players do, but you know we're we're overall very excited about him. And uh, Eric Comrie, you know, I, I've I've mentioned this in some of my postseason press conferences that I I think it was a tricky year for him. You know, he started out really well. He had that injury, and when you're out, you know, number of weeks as a goaltender, you just it's hard to get your rhythm and find your way back in to where he got kind of a regular rotation, and and so that you know maybe hurt his overall season, but. Um, you know, we have, we feel right now going into the off season and we have three goalies that our players and coaches are confident when they're in the net and we'll kind of see how it shakes out here. And you've got the foundational pillars and pieces in play, 
in place, I should say, both at forward and defense. Everyone's curious, will you do some uh, some business this summer in terms of uh, getting new contracts done for Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power? And what do those, you know, not what do they look like, but could you foresee a world in which, you know, they maybe go into next year not extended? Does that is that possibility exist as well? For sure. You know, like I think the one thing about doing these types of having these types of conversations is, you know, we have time, you know, there's ultimately uh, and it has to work for both sides. Um, both of these players and their agents know how I personally feel about them and the organization feels about them. Uh, we feel these are, you know, elite players that are guys we want to see in Buffalo Sabres uniforms for a long time. I've made that very clear and, you know, we'll work at it. I think you also, based on the the past, my style is when you identify players that you believe are key core pieces to your team and right now and also into the future, I, I like to be proactive and, and move forward with these guys. We've done it with um, with others when there's Samuelson or Cousins and obviously Tage Thompson last summer. Um, and these guys would clearly fit into that category. So we'll definitely hope to uh, to do our put our best foot forward here. Wanted to ask one more on development. Um, JJ Paterka, I thought, had a great year. Um, you see someone that has more or less dominated at almost every level he's been at and been a standout player. How do you know when the right time is to make that jump? Like, and how confident were you heading into the season that he was ready to do what he did this year in the NHL? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, so if you, if I go back to last season, um, you know, playing as a 19-year-old in the American Hockey League, uh, first time over in North America is not easy. You know, just take away not even them on the ice, just take away just learning just what playing in, in North America is all about and the language and there's just so much new that these players have to deal with. But what I saw last year was a maturity as the year went on. Um, his attention to detail was getting better and better. I mean, he was dominant during the playoffs last year in Rochester at times where like taking over games as a 19, 20 year old kid. And that's not easy to do in that league. So we felt confident that he was physically ready, that his game was ready. But in saying that, we also knew there was going to be a big jump. Um, JJ has elite uh, talent, the elite athleticism, um, his explosiveness, his ability to you know make plays with the puck, his shot. Um, where JJ, I think now, what he had to feel was the difference um, in the NHL compared to most other leagues in the world is that you know one mistake at the wrong time and the puck ends up in the back of your net. And you know, so he's just now figuring out when do I beat a guy one on one? When do I put it behind a defenseman? You know, when do I use my speed? When do I slow down? Um, and those are things that I could see his game evolving. But I don't know if you ever 100 uh, percent say a player or anyone's ready for these jazz, but you have a feel when you watch them play enough that, you know, they're going to thrive and then you're going to have to work through the ups and downs. And that's just, you know, part of the learning curve. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about uh, your organizational growth, your individual player growth. Curious about your own growth as the Buffalo Sabres GM. You stepped into the role without any prior GM experience. Curious what you've learned on the job and, you know, how different your management style might be, if at all, from when you first took over. Hmm. Yeah, I talk a lot about our team and other people, I, you know, I talk about myself very often, but I can tell you that um, I've learned a lot and I'll continue to learn. I think one of the one of the biggest things I try to do every day 
um, is just become a little bit better than I was the day before. And what I mean by that is um, then might just be conversations I'm in, asking questions, just trying to pick someone's brain to pick up information, whether that's internally or around the league or even media member, could be anything. And I work really hard um, to make sure that I'm um, being honest and just you know having my style shine through because I, I have to be myself. And um, I feel that from where I was three years ago, um, certain characteristics uh, to my core principles, I'm, I'm the same, but I'm also, I'm evolving and, and learning and growing every day. And that's, that's to me, the key to all this. Um, you know, I think that one thing that I probably would say that I've learned the most is that um, you have to be present. There's so much going on in this job. There's so many moving parts. There's so many different things day to day um, that you can get distracted you can get caught up and focusing on the wrong things. So my my style is whenever I'm doing, I try to be 100% present and focused and giving my attention to that. And if I do that, I think that kind of permeates through the organization and, you know, everybody is then more engaged and in the moment. And you know what, as, as time goes along, things grow and that's kind of where we're evolving to now. But um, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to go down a, you know, a path of, um, you know, that you maybe just say, Hey, if I had to do that over again, I wouldn't have done. But for me, um, that's all part of the learning experience. As all those things are being thrown at you, do you have a secret on how to stay present? What's your, how do you do it? Well, it's hard, you know, honestly, because, um, that's, that's a little bit what I mean. You can, you can constantly be on your phone. You can be checking this, you can be going in a hundred directions, but, I, I kind of try to look at it that um, if I'm going to spend time, whether it's with a staff member, a player, um, whoever, anyone, this conversation, if I'm not giving my full attention and priority to that, then I'm I'm not, I'm doing you a disservice. But I'm also I'm hurting myself because now I'm not completely engaged in in what I'm doing, and I'm not going to learn or pick up what I need to do. So I just I'm purposeful with it. I guess is the best way to say it. I don't know if I have a secret other than I I do I do think about it coming into the office in the morning to say, okay, here's what's on my calendar. I'm going to be completely focused and and these things, and then you know we'll go from there. But uh, I'm certainly need to get better at it. But I do think um, that's something I've learned for sure. Your purposefulness has shined through here. Kevin, really appreciate your time uh, and your insight. Uh, fascinated to watch the Buffalo Sabres continue to grow. No, thanks for having me, Frank. I really appreciate it. And uh, have a great, uh, healthy offseason. We'll probably see you at the draft. I love the personal tidbit from Kevin Adams at the end. An ever-present reminder to be present in every single thing that you do. With so many distractions, your phone pinging, picking up your phone four or 500 times a day, email, phone calls, everyone trying to get a hold of you for that one chunk of time that you're focusing on something, allow it to be only that. Easy to say, hard to do, especially for someone as busy as an NHL general manager. Can't wait to see where the Buffalo Sabres go next. Perhaps this time next year, we're talking about the Sabres and playoff hockey returning as the longest playoff drought in pro sports. They aim to snap that next season. Thanks so much to our friends at ProLine Plus for sponsoring this edition of Frankly Speaking. ProLine Plus is not just another sportsbook. It's the only sportsbook that gives 100% of its profits back to Ontario. ProLine has been your local trusted sportsbook for over 30 years, now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play in-store, online, or take the game on the go at the ProLine app with your favorite sports and events 
right at your fingertips. Download the ProLine app and bet in-app with ProLine Plus today or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.